Yeah, we're starting in three, two, one. Hey! What up? What's up, Casey? You're not supposed to say one? Yo, yo. How's it going? No, you're not supposed to say one. Failed. It's the one and then the... Did we start? Haven't you watched Wayne's World? We're starting right now. We're in the middle of our start. Oh. You're not supposed to ask, are we starting when we're... When we've already started. Good night. This is my first Goodness time. Okay, let's start this over. Three, two, here we go. Hey, SDP Nation. <laughs> Did we just restart? No, we never stopped starting. <laughs> we've been starting the whole time. We've been done started. We've already, it's already done started. We done, we done did started. We done did start this we thing We better already. go hard in the community. Well, actually, let's go ahead and officially start. Welcome to the Salty Dogs Podcast. Seriously, Jason welcome. Yes. And Casey's at the table. Yeah. Chris Serna. Yo, yo. Roll, Roll call. And Jeff Jewett. Morning. What's up, man? A staple. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Jeff Jewett is it's, a staple. Dude, it stays morning because he's be a pastor, so... Yeah. It stays morning. It stays morning. It stays morning for pastors. You mean he stays in morning? No. Well, yeah, that yeah. too. Like Jeremiah, the prophet. Christopher likes to do different things in the beginning of our podcast. Always throws me off last Which second. Really I know. Just, I'm, like, I'm like, Dad, can we do this? And yeah. like, no. No, really, we're not doing that. It really that. grinds we're doing Jason's my thing. gears. It man. really grinds my gears. Well, we were talking about... Dad, Dad, can I read this article <laughs> on the podcast? Go ahead, son. Well, it, it didn't even work out the way that I wanted it to, but we were talking about Christianese. <laughs> Me and Casey were making some really funny Christianese things. I wish I you guys I didn't even know I was speaking Christianese. You were. You were. You know what Christianese is, I was fluent you? in that language. You were. You, I mean, from womb to knees. Do you want to start over again so we can do what you wanted to do? <laughs> no, nah, it's fine. We're going. But We could totally just scratch the whole thing. <laughs> do you want to Which is what Jason over? wants to do. I don't want to scratch the whole thing. No, I'll keep it going. Okay. Anyway, back to Well, Chris. we'll see what happens. I don't know. I don't feel led. <laughs> That's Christianese. That's Christianese, but I want to read I want to read You a know list. what else is Christianese, though? Like, have you ever said, heard somebody say they have an unction? That's like super deep Christianese. Yeah. I really, yeah. I really feel like when people get on I, your mic, I, I, I feel like the ultimate Christian is let, let me pray about that, which just means I, I don't want to do that. Where's your heart? Most people don't do that. Where's your heart, bro? Where's your heart at? Yeah. Check your heart, bro. We're gonna get together and have some sweet fellowship. Really, just want to echo the echo of your echo of my echo. How's your quiet time going, brother? All of those. If it's the Lord's will, will. Yeah, all of those praying hedges of protection. Oh my gosh, the hedge of protection though. Yeah, yeah. like which I always wonder. It's like the demons are like prowling around. They're like, oh no, a hedge. We must <laughs> about face army of demons. You know That's what an I think ominous is bush. <laughs> it's not a whoa. bush, man. It's a tree. Yeah. Whoa, 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 a hedge. Oh uh, my! You gosh. know what I think is really funny <laughs> when me. when Christians talk about non-believers in these these weird phrases like. Their backsliders like non-believers. or non-believers or 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 shine the non-believers <laughs> shine. It, it, shine. Well, there it's just like if you if they're you really, seekers. If you really think it, yeah, Super, they're seekers. It's just super funny. To we're talk seeker. About, we're to seeker talk friendly about that. Oh my goodness uh, gracious! Anyways, what has this turned into? It's not that great. So I just I have to give you guys two critiques about the last episode. Oh no. It's okay. It's 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 good criticism. It's not. It's I not wasn't a, on it. So. Yeah, you weren't yeah. on it. So it's so not Jeff, about our theology. So we have, apparently we're still not oh, heretics. So I actually wish it was about no. Theology. We're we're not heretics apparently. So that's great. Hmm. But uh, we <laughs> have we have been known to all talk at once into the mic, and so everything is unintelligible. It's like a Pentecostal church service. <laughs> My wife was like, I just listened to the last podcast, and man, you interrupt a lot. I was like... She said that to you? She said that to so me. So that's two times 
That okay. So then the other one. I actually was, don't think it's that big of a deal. No, but listen, hold okay. on a second. And I'm okay. not sure it counts coming from a spouse. Oh gosh. Oh, there well, we go. Lara did not say that dang actually. It. But Lara's never and, listened and then to the, the other, podcast. And then the other critique was wanting to hear from the guest more. So, mm. Jeff, you're going to be on tonight. All right. I, I'm, I'm fried. I, I so. hope you brought the heat. Oh, he brought I hope it. He brought the heat. He brought it. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're okay. Eat the heat. So, anyways, Christopher, were you done with your article? Yeah, the, the tanked. <laughs> so bad. Do you want to start over? No, I don't care. We can just keep Mulligan. Going. Yeah. We can, we can Mulligan. pray about it. We can let me pray about it. <laughs> it was just really, I thought me and Casey were going to go into some serious Christianese and it would be funny and it just, it wasn't. So I will never bring anything new to the table again. For the listeners that have, that are still with us after, right. you know, after all this. Oh, they're there. There's four of them. Oh, wow. right now. Live. So I don't know. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways. So we're here. We're doing this thing. We are here. Yep. It's the podcast. It is. Salty Dogs. Here we are. Season, SDP. Season three. And the ICP. Episode six. With our guest, Jeff Jewett, mm. right? But JJ, first... JJ the jet plane. But wait, there's more. Oh my gosh, I need my computer to load. Come on. Oh, it's this basement Wi-Fi. It's the basement Wi-Fi. So, it's time for one of my favorite segments of the show. We only have one segment. It, no. <laughs> we, have the, we have going hard in the banter paint intro, and then we have the segment where we talk about starting the intro over again. So we just left that segment. I hate that segment. That's a brand new segment. And then it's we have worse. the segment where you try and bring new things to the podcast, and we all know how that works. And out. now we're moving on to this this new segment. And I actually had something that I wanted to talk about, but you it, do. Well, we could talk about. Do that you really? after this next? Yeah. Se- this I wanted well, to on. talk about. I actually. So I bought a smoker uh, last weekend to smoke delicious meats mm. and uh it was it was really good it was really fun i've been wanting to do it for a while my dad uh is an avid barbecuer and uh, he bought a smoker and so i've been watching all the stuff that he's been smoking and so i was like you know what i need a giant a really expensive machine in my life that smokes delicious meats for me so uh i made a chicken the first time and it was undercooked uh it, so we didn't eat it um except the wings and the legs were done so we ate those we did not eat the breast uh the other thing i made this last weekend was ribs and i sent jason a picture of them and they were really good and they looked really good and jason had smoker envy i had smoker envy totally this is totally leading into our topic by the way is it right oh, oh yeah fruits. actually absolutely oh. that's what i made. Oh, yeah. we forgot about oh. the topic oh my gosh oh, wow. we did well yeah. Yeah, so you bought a smoker, you I feel like a, a man now. Well, no, because that's toxic masculinity. So, oh. no, I do not oh. feel well, like a man. I just <laughs> I just feel like a person well, who I likes feel to like, smoke I think delicious meat. I feel like a woman. I, yeah. I think Somewhere you, in between is what I feel like. I was thinking I think you, Chong. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I, I think you look more like a man today than you ever have because you're decked out in Houston Nationals gear, I'm just saying. They're spanking bottoms right now. They're on a nine-game winning streak, so I got to represent my Houston Astros. Yep, there you go. All right, Boom. well, back to the podcast. Wow. <laughs> We're still podcasting. Oh, I we, we, I think we should have start we, over. Have we started yet? We can totally start oh over. Oh, my gosh. I swear, if you guys pass we, the salt. We actually do talk. So here's another interesting thing about – Past the salt, which is the segment that I love. Uh, if I say it too fast, it sounds like past assault. So it's like our past assault segment of the show mm. where we talk about we got beat or we beat somebody. But that's not what this is. Past the salt is actually <laughs> where we read reviews and comments and messages that people say in the show. And don't, so don't do this segment next time. Yeah. <laughs> Which one? This segment? This segment, next oh, podcast, man. when they're reviewing this podcast. Boy. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? Hi, Karumba. 
Oh, I, you know what? I just think it's like it's later. Um, we're we're clo- more closer to more closer. More closer. We're closer to our bedtime. Yeah, I don't know. It's all scattered. It is. I'm time. all scattered brain. So check this out. We've got John from uh, from Facebook to the Salty Dogs Podcast Facebook page. He says, "So I have nearly an hour drive to work each day, and I've been looking for something to listen to when I'm burned out on music." I used to love talk radio, but the bickering, the politicking, it all distracts me from my spiritual walk. So far, I like what these fellows are putting down. That's a pretty strong... Until uh, he listens to this episode. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. This might, this might be the one that either... You know what? We might gain an audience from just being like this, or we might lose an audience. But At least it's real. You know what I mean? And, you know, John, uh, we're putting it down, but I hope the Lord puts down some rosy cheeks on your face. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that is by far the best doffing of rosy cheeks to anyone's face you've ever given. Good. Yeah. I hope he wears them proud. <laughs> Who gave those to you? <laughs> Are the Lord? Are those rosy cheeks you're wearing? Why, yes, they are. <laughs> Man, you guys are going to have to forgive us. <laughs> we had another level of stupidity. So, These so headphones check it out. are sweaty. We cannot start podcasting <laughs> no. after 7.30. We, we can't. We have to do it no, at 7. So, so It's lead- like not feeding gremlins after midnight. <laughs> it does not go well. <laughs> it doesn't go well. Listen so, to the old seg- Asian man's so segwaying, wisdom. So segueing into our, into our topic. Um, so uh, JJ over here had, had uh, an awesome... I was just sitting in the pews one of these days, you know, and I and, and he's um, his church is the church that I attend. Well, it's not his church technically; it's the Lord's church, but that's where I go to. And uh, he had had this this sermon that was called "Food and Faith," and uh, to be honest, the the amount I, I don't know I, I don't know if it was the state that I was in, or I mean, or if it was just the word I don't know, but like I, I it it hit me so hard because there were just so many things that it sparked off. You know, when you when you get to the, when when you're you know listening to somebody or using their gifting, and Jeff operates in the gift of teaching as well as Jason and Chris, I, you know, does what he does. But like, <laughs> you got the but, giggles there, guy. Yeah. But um, when you, when you're listening to somebody and uh, you just you know you're that you're there in that moment. And you're and you're uh, and you're there in that moment, and it really just you, you're there for that reason. And uh, this food and faith sermon that he preached, and I mean, we're not going to go through. I mean, he, we got a sermon notes, but, but that was just kind of a preface. Um, but it's uh, pronounced preface. I, I prefer preface. He, he prefaces people. So, uh, uh, but it was so profound to me, and the the the, the amount of knowledge that we can glean. Um, so, if everything, so everything physical is a shadow of the spiritual. You know, and everything. And so when we talk about, like, even even the aspect of food, like, we can talk about all these different, like, trees or or, or anything else, like, in the physical realm, but it's always, like, a shadow of, of, the, of the absolute truth. So there's truth, right? And there's, there's, a, there's a deeper truth. And so <clears throat> the deeper truths that I was, that I was gleaning out of, out of his message uh, that the Lord put on his heart was seriously profound um, and, uh, and, and it sparked some things in me that we're going to get into later. Uh, but I just kind of wanted to open it up to, to Jeff and, and just kind of 
let him let him lead us into into this because I really felt that the Lord that this is I mean I told him instantly after that I came right up to him after the sermon I was like man you've got to come on the podcast and talk about this because it's important and I and I felt that it was very important so I'm just going to let Jeff kind of kind of lead us into and, and and introduce us to this topic and then hopefully it'll spark out you know some uh, some some conversation here. Welcome, sir. <laughs> Thank you. Do, tell, tell, have you, have you survived? You, I don't know. Ask me in an hour. Well, yeah, right. So tell it real quick. Tell us the yeah. name of the paper you were just writing <laughs> before you walked through the doors to get yeah, on this podcast. Yeah, I had to present a paper on the Cartesian Revolution, um, Rene Descartes, uh-huh. and Cogito yep. Ergo Sum. I think, therefore, I am. And um, the difference between individuality and personhood, the mm-hmm. idea being that the individual is profoundly separated from God, and the person is someone who is in community. So hey. I, oh wow, I am who I am because of you. Or interesting, or, you know, I. That's kind of like the same con- concept of namaste, right? Like, I mean, not the same concept, but like you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, it to an extent, uh, the concept of individuality. Contra the Cartesian revolution, the, this idea that we think and that gives us being is completely false. Individuality is the mantra of our culture, yeah. and it's absolutely false. And, and that really is an unintentional but good segue into some of what we're talking about. <clears throat> well, good. I hope so. Um, because, <laughs> Finally. Because, I know, well, it's this idea that we are connected in every aspect to each other and to creation itself. And, um, and honestly, I used to, um, <laughs> I used to dismiss a lot of this, uh, a lot of this as whether it's mysticism, mysticism or political, um, all of these different things. And, and really it's a form of Gnosticism, which separates or dualism, which separates the material from the spiritual, where we think this idea that the spiritual is good and the physical is bad. Right. And so the goal of the Christian faith is to separate ourselves from the physical, which is not right. We were created in the body. We were created in creation. We were created as part of creation. Um, and so... We were, in a sense, created from creation. From creation. We'll, we'll talk about that. And so, um, so this idea of food, and just a bit of an anecdote to introduce it, um, you know, I... I've heard of, of course, I'm sitting here as a 90 pound weakling, but I, I, is that all you weigh? Give or take. (laughs) Um, but, uh, um, but, um, I had heard, you know, the global perspective of Americans and especially when you start looking at statistics in terms of health and weight and those things, and it's startling. Okay. I really didn't think it was that big of a deal until a couple of years ago, my wife and I took a trip to Germany. Mm-hmm. And we spent the week there, and uh, and it was amazing. Everyone's out walking and riding bicycles, and and all of this. And and uh, we come back, and and I remember landing in Houston, and getting, on, <laughs> yeah, whoop, whoop. yeah, and getting on the um, uh, the the transit that took us from one terminal to to another, and it was like. We had just been crammed on trains in Europe for a week where we could fit. And then we sit down on this tram and it was like, ba-boom. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, everybody's taken up, everybody's <clears throat> taken up two or three chairs. And it's like, it, it was so startling to me. 
and it really kind of opened my eyes um, yeah. to something that uh, that I hadn't seen before. And typically, when we speak of food in the church, we speak about it in terms of one aspect, which is gluttony. Gluttony, yeah, yeah, which is a Dante part of Dante's like it, Inferno. Absolutely, our, our, our yeah. entire our entire theology based off of you know Dante's Inferno, which which you've right. also went into depth about. When we've had conversations yeah. about concerning like our our views of hell and other things have been severely shaped by mm -hmm. just that that alone just that that um that one work more more right. so than more so than others than yeah. the bible than the bible yeah um but uh but in the in the church it seemed like the only response to food was the talk about how bad it is and then new years would roll around and we would all get on our diets um yeah you know and and and, and it was just this ongoing cycle and truth be told, I was kind of weary of it until I ran across a book um, that that really reshaped how I thought everything um, uh, concerning food. It was a by name by a guy by the name of Warren Wiersbe, and he wrote a theology, essentially a systematic theology, riveting read. Um, <laughs> but uh, he wrote a systematic theology on the importance of food and faith, the title of his book. Um, and so that's, it's robbed. It's called him. Food and it's Faith. It's called Food and Faith. Okay. And, um, and the intro to the book had a three-sentence paragraph, or a three-sentence um, intro that I think is the best intro to a book that I've ever read anywhere at all. Um, and if it's okay, I brought it, and I'm going to read it. And that'll get us going. <laughs> yeah, sure. The whole thing. Go for the it. The whole thing. Just these, just these sentences. Okay, awesome. And now he's quoting someone else. He's quoting Wendell Berry, and he says, To live, we must daily break the body and shed the blood of creation. When we do this knowingly, lovingly, skillfully, reverently, it is a sacrament. When we do it ignorantly, greedily, clumsily, destructively, it is a desecration. Dang. It's powerful. That is. I remember reading that in your notes. Yeah, and it, it, <laughs> it, it but it rattled me, like, like how we, how we eat, how we, how we engage in this base activity that is common to everything that mm. is alive. Yeah, right. is is well, sacramental. I mean, yeah, and I, but I mean, even what you just said, like how we relate in commonality to one thing is. And this is where I was going with it when I was pondering these things, because I, I liken our diet and even like what I see around me. And there's a verse in 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 uh, Proverbs where he's talking about the king's table and the king's delicacies, right? So I'm gonna put a knife to your throat if you think that you're gonna overindulge. And so I liken it unto sin, which sin is the commonality that we all that we all share, mm -hmm. you know. And so it was profound to me. Um, and I think the way. Th you know, when I think about those things, like I, and I think about diet in a sense of, you know, what we hunger for, right? So we hunger for something, we thirst right. for something. Right, right, right. That, right, that's, right. A, that's an essential yep. human need. Uh -huh. And so where we go to fill that says a lot about mm -hmm. our self-discipline right, right, and, right. and our self-control. Well, because I know that when I'm driving down the road and I go by Burger King, man, those charbroiled burgers, they smell dope, man. Like I want to get, I want to get me one of those burgers, but I know in the sense that that's not good for me. And I can, and I can see that now. Um, and so ever since I had surgery, I haven't been as active and I can tell that 
like when I was active and I was actively doing things, my diet, even though it was good, it wasn't as good as it should be. I was still, I was in shape, you know what I mean? Because I was always climbing. I was always pushing myself, you know what I mean? I, all day long, that's all I was doing was climbing. And so I, I realized that when I got, when I got stagnant or when I got, you know, when I was at a place where I couldn't do what I, you know, like a place of, you know, he, he, he brought me to a place of, of, of silence and rest, but even in my resting, <clears throat> my diet was so poor that I started gaining weight. You know what I mean? Even though in a sense, in my mind, I'm doing what's healthy because I can't be active on my shoulder. My inactivity led me, my inact, in my inactivity, my diet was so poor that I was, that I was starting to gain weight. And it's not yeah, a good thing. You right. know what I mean? And so I liken well, that. Go. Yeah. Well, what I was going to say, and you brought it up, you said we all have the, the commonality of sin, but I mean, obviously physically, we all have the commonality that we have to eat, but yes. in the same regard, spiritually, we have we have hunger. to eat. So it made me think of just a couple things if I can maybe get these thoughts out. And and um, so I wrote down the word uh, appetite. Mm. So we all have an appetite. It makes it reminds me of a song called "Appetite for Destruction." Do you remember the song? I think it was Guns like, and Roses. Yeah, it's an album. Actually, <laughs> it's an album. Yeah, yeah "Appetite yeah. for Destruction." But uh, we all have an appetite, and uh, and it's just interesting how so. You have this in your notes, but in the garden you have two trees, right? You have the tree of life and you have the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Obviously, we know what happens when we ate of the bad tree, there's death. We eat of the tree of life, there's eternal life, right? And so they were not able to uh, partake of that after they ate of the one tree. Um, but within us, we all have this this flesh and this innate desire to do what is contrary to what the spirit wants. And so until we're essentially um, saved and regenerated by the spirit of God, our appetite is always for self and for sin. And then when the Lord comes and he changes us, well, then he changes our appetites, essentially. I, I agree with that, but I but I think that I would go, I would digress back to, I think that we we have a hunger and the, essentially what we have traded the tree the fruit of the tree of life for mm-hmm. is is death and so our hunger is is there right and I'm, right. And, and we are sinful by nature but i think that w- our hunger our hunger has propelled us towards because we've partaken of the tree of you know the, the fruit of right. knowledge and good and evil yeah. and so the hunger is there but i don't think we necessarily i mean do you, i don't know i'm trying to formulate that yes. in my mind right um, now and i think you're i think you're onto something the it is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Right. But, but stop on that word knowledge mm-hmm. because God has promised knowledge. God has promised yeah. a truth. God has promised himself. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil is knowledge apart from God. Right. Essentially right, what right, this right. is, is this is self-exaltation. And think for a moment, even the way you were articulating your drive past Burger King about how this would satisfy you, or even your diet and, and everything, about how this was good for you. See, it never came into consideration about what was good for <laughs> the cow that died for that burger, because that cow did die for that <laughs> burger, or, or how that cow was raised, or, or what effects it had on land. And I know that starts to sound very foo-foo and, and out there. But it's not, though. It's not. It's not because our consideration, this is what the tree of knowledge of good and evil does, is it makes the consideration first and foremost us. Hmm. 
and last Ooh. other, because the other is a tree of life, because that's partnership, that's participation with God. And the tree of knowledge of good and evil is self-revelation, not divine revel- revelation. Dang. Does that make sense? Yeah, yes. That's good. Um, and so that, I, it just is such a huge thing um, to, to recognize that the first sin was a sin of food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's huge. And you have a list here, and if you don't mind me reading, I, yeah. I mean, I just want to read it right now because you because you had wrote off a list um, that of everything that contained food or or, or how it, or how important yeah. or yeah how it, yeah some of them how important it was how important uh, the the aspect of food is into the into not only the Old Testament but into the gospel and I just want to read this off it'll take just a second but just read it was a sacrifice of food food that caused ill will between Cain and Abel it was a meal that greeted the theop uh, theopathy the, 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 <laughs> why do you use such big words. <laughs> Theophany. <laughs> Theophany of God when he came in the guise of three guests at the home of Abraham. It was a scarcity of food that drove Israel and his or Israel and his family to the abundance of Egypt. It was through the meal of Passover that God caused the nation of Israel to remember her release from slavery. It was for food's sake that the nation complained against God in the wilderness. Even in the land of promise, even the land of promise was described as a land flowing with milk and honey. It was harvesting grain and threshing wheat that Ruth was made or was made known to Boaz. It was for food's sake that David and his men ate the sacramental bread in the temple. It was around the table that David honored his fallen friend Jonathan by caring for his crippled child. It was food that separated Israel from all the nations as they ate only those things that God had deemed clean for them to eat. Mm. It was food that separated Daniel and his three friends when made captive in Babylon. And then we go to the New Testament. John came eating wild honey and locusts. Jesus appeared fasting in the wilderness. It was at the wedding feast that Jesus performed his first miracle in the turning of water into wine. It was the blessed loaves and fishes of a peasant boy that fed the multitudes of 5,000 and 4,000 people. It was around a table that Zacchaeus repented and sought restitution. It was around the table when Jesus was anointed by Mary. It was around a table that Jesus celebrated Matthew's conversion and invited all of his friends. It was a fine food that was a celebration of the prodigal son's return. It was the, it was to those who hunger and thirst after righteousness that God promised he would fill. Indeed, it was Jesus himself that said, I am the bread of life. It was around a Passover table celebrating the deliverance that Jesus said, this is a body, this is my body, and this is the blood. And after his resurrection, Jesus proved himself by eating fish with his disciples and it was around a breakfast campfire that Jesus restores Peter. I love that. And it, yeah, dude, that one gets me every single time. I love it. And it comes as no surprise that the ultimate celebration of Christ's return mm-hmm. is called the wedding feast yep. of the Lamb around which all those who belong to yep. the body of Christ will gather and be made one around one right. table celebrating one savor and so sharing one meal. Re- Revelation 19.9, then the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added... These are the true words of God. Mm. Yeah, that's... Jeez. I mean, that list... I, but it, it, it shows you, man. So even though, we, I mean, we can kind of flippantly look at this and say, well, what, what can we possibly glean from food? But man, if it was that important, and it obviously is that important, what can we discuss around this table mm-hmm. right here in fellowship, right? So the, the key, the, the, one of the key things there is fellowship around, right. a, around right. one table, unified around, around one table. What can we talk about there as, <clears throat> you know... Yeah, dude, the meal is so important. I mm-hmm. I preached a message before um, about the meal, and I touched on the prodigal son, um, Peter being restored over fish, uh, right. you know, on the 
on the beach and then ultimately being, yeah. oh, well, then also Jesus says, uh, and Rev- was it Revelation 3, where he's uh, saying, behold, I stand at the door and I knock, yeah. and if anyone lets me in, I'll come in and I'll what? I'll sup I'll, with I'll him. I'll dine. I'll yeah. sup with him. <laughs> he says, I want to come. I want to come eat a meal. Right. Right. And the, there's there's so much. So like, I think we can go many different ways mm-hmm. at yeah. this point in time. Yeah. Chris, are you, are you feeling a certain way? Yeah. To go well, I just, just the one that stood out to me when I read that list was, you know, when you talk about the children of Israel, you know, when they leave. And I remember, you know, reading, I think it's in, you know, reading just about them complaining. And when you read about them complaining, you just get this like, Oh man, they're being a bunch of babies, <laughs> but but that's exactly how I and others respond when we when I you know withhold something that I want from myself, right. whether that be for whatever reason I whine and complain and get hangry and right. and say things that I would say I don't mean, but obviously I do mean them because I'm saying yeah. I'm, I'm saying them. And so what's really interesting is I think this whole topic that. When we talk about it, you know, you talked about the tree of knowledge of good and evil, how when we look at this, it 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 shifted the focus to us. Mm. And I think even like when we talk about eating well, my viewpoint for a long time, again, was all about me. I want to change the way that I'm eating so that I will lose weight, so that I will feel good about myself. It's, it's me, 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 so me-centered. And um, there's something in my life that God's been dealing with me on, and I took I've addressed the fruit issue of this thing. And this morning I was sitting outside um, drinking some coffee and I was just kind of praying about it. And I felt like, I was like, you know, God, I've I've done well. And I felt like I had been doing well with this thing. And then I felt like God was like, hey, man, you, you really need to get to the root of this. Like you're Dude. you're addressing the fruit in Sam McVeigh. You know, he's, he's pretty well known for dropping the fruit and the root thing. But it, it's moving from that fruit to the root. And even <clears throat> us withholding like, okay, I'm going to change the way I eat. I'm going to change this about what I'm doing. And, and, and some of it might be. Some of it, we may think it's like, oh, okay, I, I just, I want to feel better about myself. But there's this, there's this deeper issue there. Right. There's this dependency, this idolization, this seeking comfort from food. There, there's all of these different aspects that are there. And so, anyways, those are. I, I've been quiet for a little it's bit, but worship. I was, yeah, exactly, it's worship. Yeah. exactly. And so yeah. we've taken the focus off of, off of even honoring God in that. Mm -hmm. The other big one that stood out to me was that, you know, Jews being set apart by what they ate. Um, That, that Casey read off from that list too. So I don't know. That's all the stuff. Isn't it interesting that the, that the Israelites in, in their wandering in the wilderness, they wanted to go back to Egypt for the leeks and onions. Mm -hmm. That was their, that was why they wanted to go back to Egypt. It was for food. <laughs> they wanted. They were willing to give up their freedom that Christ had purchased or God had purchased for them, um, for the sake of food. Well, what about Esau? There you go, giving up his birthright. So let's yeah. Let's maybe let's dive into that a little bit deeper. Then, so one of the how do I want to put this? World hunger. Mm-hmm. Right, like we all, mm-hmm. we, world hunger is a thing, and it people be. right. Well, pe- exactly, but people go without food because food is its sustenance for life. Right. Everybody deserves food and water and Every, shelter. Everyone requires requires for life. Yes, food. Yes. So when we're talking about um, physical and spiritual, and not being able to separate those things. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's interesting to consider then, like, why is food such a big deal? Mm. So it, here's what, it, it makes me think about this. So um, we're getting into some, we could go into some different territory with this, but um, in Scripture, and it's specifically in Romans, I think it's Romans 9 or 10, where it starts to talk about the whole predestination right. thing, right? But God essentially raises Pharaoh up as an instrument of wrath, right? So he had a purpose for Pharaoh to, like, lift him up and... You know, it. Anyways, there you just see the purpose behind what God does. I mean, you think about all of creation de- declaring God's glory. You think about how you can study trees and then figure out the attributes and the features of God in the way that He's knit that into the DNA of every organic mm-hmm. living being on the face of the planet. Right. Um, it reminds me of in Hebrews where. Uh, the writer is reminding us that it was told to Moses to be sure to follow everything the way the Lord commanded him to do it when building the the temple, the tent, because it was a shadow of what was in heaven. So everything had this these spiritual undertones. And so it's interesting that on a daily basis, I hunger and on a daily basis, I feed. Um, how is that? How can that God, like, what is he doing I think to yeah. to show us something about our spiritual nature through what happens to us physically. I I where I would begin with that is the recognition that in eating there is gospel because every time you chew on something something has died that you can live. Every time. Holy crap. Every time. There is there's <clears throat> no exception to the rule. Um, to some extent, something has died like pl- for your life. Plants and animals. Yes. Yeah. And even even prior to that point, the miracle of soil, right? I'm from northern Illinois. Uh-oh. In oh, case he's man. about to get on one. Yeah. I, I'm from northern Illinois where you just, it, it's it's black dirt. You know, it's, it's amazing stuff. It's and, rich. Um, it is rich. And when we moved to Kansas and I had this little... <laughs> plot in my backyard that I was going to turn into garden. I remember turning over the dirt the first time and looking at it going, I don't know what to do with this. Oh, wow. And I told my wife, I said, give me five years and I'll grow good dirt. And <laughs> and we're about four years in. Four and years I, in. I, I've got some pretty good soil going. So let's talk um, about that though. What are you doing to enrich yeah, the soil? That is, that's the key. Soil itself absorbs death. That's what it does. Yep. Mm. Decomposes it. Well, I mean, the things you're so poetic. It, but it's it, true. It is. I, so, Talk to me more about death. Yeah. It's intriguing. Good soil. Good soil is is um, is a history of death in all regards. Um, that's where the nutrients come from. Uh, that's where um, that's where life emerges from. See, just as eating is gospel, um, part of that story begins in the soil, which is the story of resurrection. That death yep. goes in and life comes out. Absolutely, and wow. this is exactly what God had been talking to All, me. And I didn't even know how, because I, I was, I was, uh, God was form, formulating these thoughts in my mind. I was like, "This isn't even going to play in." But I'm glad that you brought up the soil, because <clears throat> the soil is fundamentally the most. Mm-hmm. You, so you look at a tree, right? And if I'm going there and I'm, and I'm going to diagnose a tree, the exterior always is a telltale sign of what's going on at the deeper issue, right? Mm-hmm. So right. The, those exterior problems are only, like usually it starts in the, it starts in the, soil. In the soil. If there's poor soil, if there's poor drainage, if it's compacted, if there's anything, that's why the parable of the soils mm-hmm. is so important because it's talking about our heart, right? right. And so what I want to get into here. So 
<clears throat> when you're when I'm diagnosing a tree, I always know if the exterior is suffering, that always means that the first thing that I ever investigate before I talk about pests or diseases or anything, if the tree is stressed, it is originally stressed all, almost always from the soil that it's planted in, okay? Mm. And so I wanted to move into this thing where we're talking about the cultivation of the heart, right? Because Jesus Jesus was talking about unless a, a seed dies and, and you know, it falls right. to the ground, falls, it dies, right. it can't do... So within the soil of our heart, is it any wonder... So to me, in my mind, uh, when Jesus said, take up my yoke right? Which, hmm. which is to partner with him, right? So right. when I think back to what the oxen were doing back then, what did they Plowing use oxen the for? Plowing yeah. the field, Plowing man. The field. And the in, we're talking about the interior here. And Jesus is calling us to partner with him in the cultivation of our heart, mm. okay? And that's, that, that's the ingestion, okay, of Christ. Christ said, I am, I, this is my flesh, this is my blood. But I think about this, man. Okay, God the Father is the source of all life. So God the Father is the tree in the garden. He is the tree. Jesus, because we can't, we cannot, we cannot ingest God as a whole. We cannot re receive him in whole. Jesus is the fruit of the tree of life. A fruit has what? Flesh and it has juice, blood. Uh -huh. Jesus is the tangible, tasteable part of the Father. He is hmm. the, the receivable part of God the Father. Right. Right. And in that is seed. Mm -hmm. So, right. so when you ingest, so, and we were talking about this in marriage group, just literally before this, mm -hmm. we're always doing exterior things, right? We're always doing, okay, well, if I do this, right, this would, will lead me to a better life, but the work is always interior, right? You know what I mean? And so the God, God, the father, the word, right, is like a seed, right? But when that seed is thrown or when it's ingested or however you want to, you, however you want to go about ingesting the sun, right? That that death, which is what he was mm -hmm. talking about, that death gives life. So he's calling us not only to partner with him, yoked with him, to cultivate the interior of our spirit. Dude, he's calling us. He he, he the, It says, I think it was in James, where he's talking about, man, God brings the rain. So, or what was the proverb? It was saying like, you you sow here or you sow there. But you don't. God, God the Father, yeah. God's the only one that yeah, makes it grow, right? right? And so we're we're called to cultivate our, the <clears throat> the soil of our hearts, man. So that as we ingest the like the sacrament, right, right. the flesh and the blood. Right. So right. when you inside of the fruit is seed, mm -hmm. man, and that's how seed, and that's how the tree propagates. You know, and that's the, and the interior is what I really wanted to talk about, man. And that was a profound thing to yeah. me because it's the most important part, man. But notice the pathway to the interior is the tangible. Christ did not give us a spiritual meal that is intangible. It is a spiritual meal that is made from the base, the the base grains of the earth, from the the crushed grapes uh, that produce the wine. Um, it is mm. not, the meal itself is not an intangible meal. Mm -hmm. Jesus said before he had instituted um, the Last Supper as a Eucharistic, a Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving yep. celebration, before he had said that in John, he made the comment um, to people that did not understand this. He says, you must eat, eat. of my flesh right. and drink my blood. Right. Yep. That is, and people started leaving. Yeah, they're like, Okay, this, this is, is weird. Yeah, this is weird. Yeah, okay, guy. Yeah. But it's it's tangible participation, <laughs> yeah. and if and in talking about the interiority of our lives, we also need to understand that the the interior and the exterior need to match. 
um, that our exterior practice is a an echo of the interior reality. Right. But the, sometimes the reverse is true. Um, I just read a quote by C.S. Lewis, and I'm going to paraphrase it, but he said, we need not get so fixated on what it means to love another if we don't if we don't like them or we really don't love them. He says, in, the reality is, is we just need to practice love, and eventually the love will follow. Mm-hmm. And there is an, a sense where an exterior life of faithfulness gives way to an interior life of holiness. Right, paves the way. It paves the way. Yeah, right. <clears throat> right, but I also think that this is the difference between food that nourishes and food that does not nourish. So anything that sure. we ingest that comes into our body that is not needed is what? Expelled. Right. Okay, mm-hmm. but Jesus said, though, if you drink the water that I give you, if you partake of what I give you, it will give you life, right? It's nourishment, nourishing. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't give us anything that is going to be expelled from us, not from him, right? right? If we ingest anything, it's going to come out of us, right? But the nourishment that, that he gives us, like exactly what we're talking about, so, uh, you know, it, it will become a well in him, le- like coming out from within him leading up mm-hmm. to, to eternal life. Mm-hmm. That's the right. difference right. between something ingested that is nutritious and something that ingested that is expelled because that's the waste. And there is no waste with God. Mm. You know what I mean? In Christ, it's all nutrition. So that, you know, I know that when I eat things that are healthy for me, I feel, you know, you Mm. feel it. Mm -hmm. You can just Mm -hmm. feel. But when you eat that crap, man, like you just, you feel like what you eat. <laughs> you yeah, feel right, literally right, like, right, I right. feel well, horrible. I'm like, oh my right. God. No, it's, and it's, it's more literal than that, I even think. The old saying, you are what you eat. When we, when we think about communion, this is literally the case. You are what you eat. You become mm. what you're ingesting. Um, and in that passage, I was just trying to look it up, but in that passage that Jesus was talking about, um, where what we put into our bodies is expelled, um, he was talking also about our mouths. Again, here is a, an outward, here's fruit, um, the fruit of our lives. And he is essentially, and you can look up the passage yourself. I don't, I don't have it off. The top what, of how does it quote? Um, boy, um, out of it, it's the passage it's, it's out of not, the overflow of your heart. The mouth speaks. Yes. Um, but in there, he is essentially saying, stick with me on this, he is saying the, the mouth is to the heart what the butt is to the body. Exactly. <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> Luke 6.45. Okay. Yeah. No, well, I mean, if you, if, you look at, if you look at our world and you just look at the culture and, and, and what everything that's advertised to us, I mean, and, and everything that's taught, it's all about the outward stuff and taking care of outward. Yeah. And, and a lot of the times it's... It's outward, taking care of outward to have an effect on the inward when we can, in a different, I mean, and there's some truth to that, but we can also just go straight to the inward and we can also right. just go straight Absolutely. to the heart and what's going on there. And I think for me, like I'm, I'm, I'm hearing this and, and I'm going, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm the light bulbs when I was reading your notes, Jeff, they were going off. Um, there's so much wisdom in everything that you're saying. So for me, I'm looking at this and going, okay, what is, what does this look like? How do I begin to implement this in my life? And I just thought of, um, a friend of mine that I have, she actually started to pray and ask God, God, how do you want me to eat? Mm, Yep. And, and she, because she heard directly from God eat this way, she began to eat that way. Um, and there was, I mean, and it's not that the, the driving factor behind it was, I want to lose weight or I want to do this or whatever, but I want to honor God in anything that we do. You know, even if it's a a pornography addiction, I don't want to feel bad about this anymore. I mean, that's not a 
good that's right. not a good thing either but when, yep. when any type of sin in our life when it switches and moves from i don't want to feel x y and z or i want this to i want to honor god and i want to do whatever he's calling me to do it you can begin to source from right. the Holy Spirit. I believe in those in those instances right. when it's not self-centered and self-focused. It's the choice of the tree you're eating from. Exactly. Either the tree of knowledge of good and evil mm-hmm. or the tree of life. Right. And in this instance, the the choice is not whether you're going to eat or not. The choice which is tree? Which, which tree? Which tree from? You're right. But yeah, it's, right. it's important. It's important to always make this distinction. I feel like it's important to make this distinction that it's the tree of the knowledge of good. And evil, mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. We right. we want. Well, I just. I mean, think about the divisions and the arguments that come up. It's because you're. I'm right and you're wrong. Right and wrong. Knowledge of good and evil. There's always death from that because there's division, right? And yeah. so I'm right, you're wrong, and we all want to know what's right. We all want to know what's wrong. We all want to do what's good, right? And so we can be doing good things. It was. It was. Eve saw that the fruit was good yes. for knowledge. And so she ate of it. It was a good fruit. Pleasing to look at. Pleasing to look at, right? But it brought about death. And, and, and it was not, the onus of that was not on the goodness because they understand, they understood goodness. God had said seven times, it is good. They understood goodness. The way that they understood goodness now though, after the tree of knowledge and good and evil was not some new epiphany of goodness. Um, a new understanding of right. goodness. It was an understanding of goodness in as as seeing the opposite of what is good. So now they first mm. they had firsthand experience of what evil is, and because of that, they recognized experiencing the evil. They recognized, oh man, that was really good. Right. Yeah. Too late. Yeah. Well, what's interesting, and I just thought about this because Chris, you brought up a good point. Um, this point of asking the Lord and then the Lord showing you. Mm-hmm. Th- that's exactly what I believe he intended in the beginning, in the garden, when he was the only source of any knowledge. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they were deceived to look to self for knowledge mm-hmm. of good and evil. So they, they got it. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were no longer able to source from the source of life and the source of all knowledge. And so they had to source from self, which brings about death. But we can get back to a place now in Christ where we're sourcing from the Father, right? We're right. sourcing from Jesus is the tree of life. He's saying, because, eat of me yeah. because exactly, and you will live. Exactly what Chris was saying. Well, if I, if I ask, what honors you? Not if I think about it and say, okay, well, what's the right decision? And obviously, right. we want to think about it so that we can discern what is perfect to the Father. But that comes from revelation. But it comes right. back to the essential question, well, God... What do you want? Because in the garden, and I and I learned this from Watchman Nee reading reading uh, one of his books. He was saying that essentially before before the fall and before eating of the knowledge of good and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, man was amoral, in a sense that, in a sense that every decision they made was completely and utterly dependent upon God alone. Mm-hmm. And so in Christ Jesus, right, just like yeah. what you were saying. What am I? What do you want me to do? I'm not even entertaining in my mind what I think the right and the wrong way is because the heart is deceitful right. above all things. Right. Right. So the only source of my actions should only be drawn right yes. from participating and consuming Absolutely. in the flesh and the blood of Christ. Yeah. And go ahead. 
Well, I was well, I don't I was getting ready to potentially treat yeah, but okay. you well, go hold, ahead and hold say on what you're to that thought say. real quick. I just I feel it necessary to stress that we can go to God as our source. All like the time. that we can I mean even things like like asking what should I eat. That's what I was going to get at because I can I can google and people are going to tell you that this is good, this is bad, this is good, this is yeah, bad. Everybody, that's a good point, everybody has yep. an idea of right. what is good and bad diet, food or, or a diet, diet or a right. thing or the right. workouts you should do. Exactly. That's, that's a good right. word. The yeah. workouts, yeah. You, yeah. Everybody has an idea of what is good or what is right and what is bad and what is wrong. And so um, to then go to the Lord and say, God, what what should I be eating or what mm-hmm. should I be doing? Mm-hmm. Like. I already know, and the Lord does this to me all the time, and I'm like back and forth because I just can't get my crap together. But um, like coffee, for me, coffee has been an issue in the past. Yeah, he, Jeff's Hide hiding your his coffee. Cup. Oh, I just I just chugged my coffee. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's it's things have I have less anxiety these days mm. when I drink coffee because I've also cut out processed refined carbs and sugars and like wheat and soy and all that stuff. I've cut all that stuff mm-hmm. out since January. So I have a lot, I'm a lot more level headed. I've lost some weight. Um, I don't have as much anxiety as I used to, but I still do. And even just today, interestingly, like I, I knew that, um, I needed this week to not be having coffee. Just like the Lord was shifting me saying, you know, go ahead and cut that out. Well, this morning I had coffee and I put half and half in it. And after one or two drinks, one or two sips, and check yourself on this because you'll be interesting how your body responds to stuff. I took a couple of sips and immediately, immediately my nose was a little sniffly and then I started sneezing. Allergy. Hmm. Like I'm allergic to something hmm. either with the coffee or the the half and half because it's not like that with heavy whipping cream. Really weird. But anyways, um, the Lord will show you what is specific right. to you. Right. Um, what is it? Where's that scripture where it says, if any man knows in his heart that he, he shouldn't do something and he does, it's sin for him. You know, the scripture. Right. Yes. But, right. but how about an acknowledgement of those things that are for all people? Right. I mean, we can ask for what is specific for me. Sure. Um, but if there are principles that God has given us that are oh, already yeah. for all people. Right. And I, I, this is not a diet. And I, I'm kind of. I don't diet, but I, so it's not fair for me to say this, but I have just an unhealthy view of food as someone who is morbidly obese. For me, food is an interruption and I loathe the fact that I have to stop and eat. Yeah. Um, and I see it as an inconvenience Mm -hmm. and, and it just, it, it irritates me and I've not seen it as a blessing. Mm -hmm. And so my view has been just as skewed. Um, to the extent, here's how wickedness crept into my heart over this issue and interiority is we would sit down at the dinner table with my family. You know, you get all these beaver cleaver ideas of we're going to we're going to talk about <laughs> things, how was school, all this stuff. And I would be like, no one's talking. No, we're here to eat. Let's get this over with so we can get on with life. Oh, my gosh. Um, and it was it was horrible. It's wicked, and I I'm still battling these things. So so there are practical things that I think are for all people, and apart from the diets and the good advice, I want to I, I want to give a few practical things. Yeah, um, right, right. One of the and I I have studied quite a bit on this the last uh, the last several months, um, 
biblically, uh, theologically, um, this is not this is not me following even a Christian diet plan. <clears throat> I have a problem even with things like sorry, Casey. I have a th- problem with things like um, um, the Daniel plan, and here's why. Because what Daniel and his friends were doing was a way of separating themselves within the culture. It was not a diet that was meant to promote their health. Right. It was evidence that in spite of their diet, they were healthy. Dang. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. does that make sense? Yes. I'm so, I, I mean, I see so much of this creeping in even to our Christianese, um, right. to yeah. go back to one of Chris, uh, Chris's intros. Um, <laughs> one of 20. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but here, here, here's a practical, um, and it's just so simple. When you eat, eat food. God made food. Mm-hmm. You're like, well, yeah, that's what, what I eat. What does that mean? Yeah. Ah, if it doesn't rot, it's not food. I mm. agree. Mm. I agree. Okay. So eat food, eat more food is part of what I'm saying. Eat those things God gave you. Right. And here's a second practical that I think is for all people is understand, and this, this is my notes, is understand yep, this the is story. Understand the story. Because we go, we don't understand soil. We don't understand plants. We don't understand these things. What we do is we go midwinter and we pick out the reddest, ripest tomatoes in the nice styrofoam package with the, the foil over top. Um, and, and we'll vote one way, it, politically whatever, never realizing that in the middle of winter, 70% of what we're eating that has been sourced in the United States was picked by illegal Im- immigrants. Um, and then we'll get on our soapboxes. Um, sorry, I just made that a little political. Um, hey, I'm okay. interested to see where you're going with it. But but here, understand the story. Understand the story of this. We don't know. We don't know where it's coming from. We don't know what sort of things are being done to the creation that God Himself said is good. And one of the illustrations, one illustration that I give that I did not believe, mm. didn't did not believe it, um, was on the potato crop. Um, and and this was this was given to me by the same author Warren Wiersbe, um, but I had to check it out. Um, uh, one of my uh, one of my I don't know if employers, one of my uppers superiors um, in my tradition was and I believe still farms potatoes in Colorado, and so I had to check some of this out because I he, didn't believe he it. farms potatoes or he farms potatoes. He farms fat ones or he farms <laughs> fat ones. <laughs> yeah. But but here's here's how this industry works, apparently. And I'm just quoting others, but I did check this out from a firsthand source, is um, the potato crop um, it, in America is dictated by two things, commodities, we consider them, the potato chip and the French fry. Um, 70% of the farmed potatoes in America go to those two industries. Goodness. Two of the worst things for our bodies, if we're going to talk about what's good for us and bad for us. Um, They serve no nutritional value for us at all. None whatsoever. None. None. And actually... Are a detriment, and they're and they're t- they're typically fried in seed and vegetable oils, right. which are a byproduct of industry sold to the masses and are terrible for inflammation in the body. And, just FYI, and the the salts and the sugars, and that's all beside the point. But here's here's what this requires. Here's what these industries require: is a uniform potato, a uniform size. 
so that the potato chips are relatively the same size and the french fries sit, fit in the box. Well, if you plant a potato crop, you don't get that in a, in a soil base um, because there's irregularities in that soil base. So what the potato farmer does is they go in and they kill the ground, biologically kill the ground, so that there's nothing organic, there's nothing biological, there's no inconsistencies in the soil. Then they plant the crop and then they, they feed it unnaturally. Okay. That's all good. This serves the product. Um, this this makes this makes food a commodity, not a blessing. Dang. Right. Okay. So uh, so you're like, well, what's the big deal? Well, what the big deal is is now if that ground goes fallow for ten years, ten years, a decade, that ground in northern Colorado or in Colorado goes to desert in ten years because there is nothing there. Okay, so we have just destroyed what God called good for the sake of a potato chip and a French fry. And, and it's a little sick. Well, when you put it that way. <laughs> um, and and I, love, I love these things, you know, but here, when I say eat food, and when I say get the backstory, this is part of the backstory. Yeah. And um, understand that. Yeah. And I, and man, I absolutely agree. Cause we went to, did you go, did you go to the outcry? Was it called outcry? That, yes. Yeah. And remember when we were standing in line and all those people were handing out pamphlets, it was like, yes, it was going, you know, vegan for God's cause. Oh, basically. was it? Is that yes, what they were? Cause it had a lamb on there and everything else. But like, and you know, when you look at those kind of things and you look at the people handing them out, you're like, oh, you know, you gypsy vegan, you know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. Whatever you want to say, uh -huh. you know what I mean? But as <laughs> I, as I looked at the pamphlet and it was, it was taught, it was, you know, it was mapping out the way that we, for the sake of commodity right. and for the sake of mass production, the way that we treat animals and stuff like that. And I'm not, gonna, I'm not making this political. I'm only saying what this pamphlet like mm -hmm. spoke to me. Sure, it, like it, it laid out what like I'm not going to go into, it, but like with with the Tyson chicken farms and stuff. Oh like yeah, that, the way Ugh. that they treat chickens. Oh, it even some cast, bad stuff. Well, I yeah. will even, say Tyson. I, I have researched this. Tyson has really improved the standards. So okay, Tyson is yeah. one. Chick-fil-A farms from from farms that treat their chickens fairly well. Yeah. So yeah. God's chicken stuff yeah, like they, that. Yeah. Not they, only that, they read but, them the scriptures before they. Not only that, <laughs> but to to produce to produce milk from cows, they artificially right. inseminate oh, cows, gross, dude. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that they produce young. Uh -huh. That we don't care about the calf. Right. They yeah. just want the milk. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And oh, it'll it can get ugly. It gets super it gets ugly. Super ugly yeah. But in just like just like what he the point there, like turning it from from sacrament into desecration right. is the way, you know, in knowing the backstory and things like that, you know, and to me at the time, you know, and I, and I had gotten off track obviously, but at the time that really, I was like, man, like mm -hmm. that is a total disrespect. You yeah. know what I mean? To, to the, just like what you were saying with the yeah. ground, just destroy the whole ground. Well, I, know, the sake I mean, I, I know people who are, who are vegan, um, or don't eat certain kinds of meat or only buy the most expensive because it's farm raised, you know, Gra or grass fed, no hormone, non GMO. I mean, they they eat that way, but it's but because they do it so that they can walk into a no, bar and tell you that I'm a vegan. You no, know what I mean? no, a that's not who I'm talking about right now. <laughs> who I'm talking about are those who have who have done this research and have a conviction based on that and say I won't eat industry produced meat, right? Because of that, because it's a it's a desecration of God's and, creation. And and this is not a plea for extremism, right? Um, this is not. This is not a. Uh, yeah, we're not pushing agenda. We're not advocating. No, 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 no. 
uh, veganism, uh, vegetarianism. Um, I, I do believe God has given us the bounty of creation. He said, yeah. even, even, even God said to Peter, kill, kill and, and eat, eat. But, rise, but isn't this, eat but isn't this part of the story that we're missing? We just get directly to the eating without the killing. We get directly to the eating without the planting. We get directly to the product without the the purchase right, of, right. Of, of the investment. It's a commodity. And so when it becomes a commodity, it's all about volume for cost mm. and not about what is best, best for right, my body, right. best for my family, best for what God has created. Right. So. So help me then. Let's yeah. redeem all of this bad mm -hmm. badness. But I, isn't that isn't that the state of the church though? I mean, Westernized culture, the church. Well, let me let me redeem it then with one thought in that in that instance within the church. Sure. Let's take it back to the concept of the Last Supper, the communion. Um, I I always default to calling it the Eucharist because sure. Eucharist means Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, and I want us to think about food and thanksgiving in the same hand. Um, we we pray. <laughs> pray. Christ, our Christianese prayers, right? <laughs> our our meal prayers right. um, is, you know, God bless this God is food. great. God is good. Let us thank him for his food. Oh, yeah. Bless the wow. hands that, that prepared, prepared this. The hands that prepared this. Uh, <laughs> bless, bless this food for the nourishment of our body and the furtherance of your kingdom. Oh, my gosh. Right? All of this stuff. Um, I... I've been on this kick for several months, okay. and I about cried at dinner um, some oh, weeks wow. ago when my my daughter um, was praying, and she said, "And God, thank you for I, whatever whatever protein we were eating. I don't remember at the time, but thank you for the life that was was taken so that I could live." Holy moly! Wow. Okay, so do you know that meal that I have? I have been so kind of a curmudgeon about, you know, well, we got to get through this. Do you know, for me, sitting around the table with my family that night, that meal became a sacrament. Thanksgiving, right, right. it became Eucharist. Um, and I want us to think about the meal of Christ this way, okay? If we will consume the body of Christ, which is what we are to do, it is a sacrament. And it's not just a spiritual thing. It is something we are to do together in community. But if we will consume the body of Christ in this setting, we need to remind ourselves that as the church, we are also the body of Christ, which means when we go out of that assembly, we're however to, that looks, we're supposed to be consumed. We are consumed. We are broken. We are spilled out for the redemption of the world. Wow. Right. Do you think there's a correlation between not taking seriously the Eucharist yes. And, yes. And, and the way that we eat? Mm -hmm. And, and the things that we eat, yes. and <laughs> I mean, it, just because as you're as you're saying well, these things, that's where my mind goes. Mm -hmm. It's like, man, I wonder if if I mean, because I I mean, I'm guilty of well, of taking we, communion as part of a just a thing. Do, a, it's being done. I'm going to yeah. do it. Okay, Lord, let me try to you know like a form without without any sort of it's it's form without function. Yes, it's yeah. just something we do out of ritual. Yes, um, but through this study in particular, and and I've thought about this for years, but um, I decided as uh, as our local gathering um, at the church I pastor, we're moving to a weekly celebration. Yeah, um, but it's gonna it's very particular. We're now baking our own bread. 
Mm-hmm. So we have people participating nice. in that. That's cool. Who, they're they're invested and they're not yes. just going to the store. They're right. a part of that process, right. a part of that. And and when the bread is when there's leftover, the the bread itself is is either taken and eaten. You're like, right. well, you can't just snack on it, and or or do what? Give put it in the trash. <laughs> um, and it's good bread. Yeah, it's a great recipe. Um, or sometimes I give it to my chickens. It's like, well, that that produces fruit. Um, we take the juice, we pour it back into the cups and we drink it. Um, right. So what I'm hearing right now is you're saying that Christ is in all things Mm -hmm. in all things, right. In, in him, we have our, and I I want to reverse. How does that scripture go? All things are in Christ. Right. Mm -hmm. All things are in Christ. In him, we have, and have our being and right. Yes. Yeah. Um, if we say Christ is in all things, that's true to an extent that, but that, that stumbles very quickly into pantheism where God is all things. Um, <laughs> but the, the, con- we don't want to stumble no, into pantheism. No, the converse. You don't want to stumble in there, bro. <laughs> the converse though, yeah. is true that all things are <laughs> right. in him. Right. right. Yeah. Oh, for in him, we live and move and have, have our, our being. being. So it's, it's, it's the intentionality of seeing Christ in all things. So, we have a weekly, so we do communion every week um, before worship. Um, but the first Sunday of the week, we always have a potluck, mm. and so I've gotten into the habit of praying, and I pray this intentionally every time. And people hear me say it every time, but it's my way of of thanking the Father for the way that He provides for us in all ways. Mm especially with where we are in this country and our our level of wealth mm-hmm. and um you know our standard of living here i suppose like we're obviously way crazy blessed with mm-hmm. bounty right hand over fist food um but on sundays when we come together and we have potluck and we we essentially have all of this food that we get to sit down and eat and consume together i always pray i say lord as much as there's food on this table remind us that you continually provide for us all things physically and spiritually. And so let the feast be a reminder of your infinite love and mercy and grace for us. So when you look and you're like, man, there's so much food, I think, gosh, there's so much grace. There's so much love. Like I try and make that a physical representation of the bounty that the father pours out to us. And I'm always Mm -hmm. intentional about that. And I believe so much now, so much more in the feast. So like the feast of the tabernacle, the feast of unleavened bread, right? Pat, I mean, the Lord prescribed the feast to his people. He prescribed celebration. He essentially, he was like, you know, you want law, I'm going to give you law, but it's going to be for your benefit. So that one, you see Christ in everything because all of the feasts point to Christ. Right. Why shouldn't ours? Right. So it's just intentionality in seeing Christ in all things. And food is one of those things that we've taken for granted or we've, developed a relationship or an addiction mm-hmm. or a disdain. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Right. All equally perverse. And and remember that that the sacrifice was good, I'm done. The sacrifice though, the sacrifices all throughout scripture were consumed by the people. The Passover lamb on the night that right. and on the night that the Israelites were getting ready to exit Egypt. Um he said, yes, kill the lamb, wipe the door the doorposts of your uh, of your home, and then eat the lamb. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The sacrifice is always consumed. Mm. It's always consumed, and I think so. This, then Jesus gave us a way to consume His sacrifice. John the Baptizer said, "Behold, the Lamb of God, God, who taketh away the sins of the world." How does part? How does He take it away? Part of it is, is we consume, consume. 
right? Consume. Right. Jesus would have said, eat my flesh and drink my blood. And John would have been like, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> yeah. And he then, was going to tell us to and do then, that. But then, and this, this cannot, this has to be emphasized. We cannot leave here without uh, everyone understanding this, that this then is the proper response of the church to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, read that passage in 2 Corinthians 5.20, well, um, what is it, 18 what through is 20, it? 2 Corinthians 5.18 through 21, and he said that we have been given the role of ambassador into the right. world, and just as, as Christ though... came, yeah, just as Christ came to reconcile us to the Father, now we have been given the ministry of reconciliation. It's it's a Christ yeah. it's a Christ form cruciform and also, as though God were making His appeal through us through us well, yeah and yes. all the times that like you really look at Jesus when he when he was like with, with Peter and everything like it was about reconciliation man like right. so the meal is to point to reconciliation or is a process of reconciliation this is what grace is grace is being consumed hmm. um. And mercy is allowing yourself to be consumed. Grace <laughs> is the act of consuming. Yikes. Yikes. So really this conversation is centered around redeeming, yes. I mean, food in the mind of of all people, especially That's a believers. Title. That's a great title. <laughs> redeeming food. Yeah. Redeeming food. Um, but, but even also the table, yeah. because from yes. sharing, what I've really appreciated about today's conversation is is you sharing some insight into your life. Mm-hmm. And and I mean, even today, you know, we're, gosh, we're so guilty of this, of, you know, tonight we had dinner and and we turned off, you know, we didn't have the TV on and my kids are like, where's the TV? And we're like, we're not having the TV on. Like it, it's, it's, but there's this, yeah. there's this draw, there's these things that we do in the way that we sit around a table. I mean, some people are going, you sit around a table? Like, but but we have a yeah. table. Yeah. Our family purposely purchased a big table because, and I, and I like that in your notes, you talked about the table and you talked about that. And, and there, I mean, the table should be this sacred space that when we gather around it, I mean, we're giving yes. thanks, but we're yes. also engaging with one another and we're present with one another right. and we're admonishing and encouraging. I mean, just, there's all of the one another's right. that are happening around yes. the table. And and I think it's redeeming beautiful. food and <laughs> redeeming the table. I mean, these are the things that that my takeaways. I've been pretty quiet, but that's because mm-hmm. I'm being convicted like crazy, but also encouraged mm-hmm. and, and and spurred to to take action. Um, excuse me, in my own life. And so this is extreme. I mean, Casey, I'm super glad that, you know, thank you, Jeff, to come in. I'm not trying to wrap up. I'm just <laughs> letting you know, thank you, because this has been extremely beneficial Good. for me. But but how does this, how does someone that's listening to, mm-hmm. to what we're saying not just go, well, you guys are just talking about health. Like, like what, you know, mm-hmm. I know that's not what we're trying to get at, but what would you say to that person that says, um, you know, well, hey, you guys are just, you're just talking about health? I mean, I can be real snarky and say something <laughs> like what Jesus said. Well, if you have ears, if if you have ears, let them hear. Yeah. You know, if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. Right, right. Um, uh, Jesus wasn't really concerned about keeping a crowd around. Right. Um, but I would say implement implement the practicals as ways of understanding the spiritual. And this is going to help form these habits in your life that will shape your heart um, around this. And I want you to think, you know, what is a practical? I want you to come to the dinner table, Mm. even just once a day. If you make the commitment to come or start small once a week, you're going to come to the dinner table and think of the table as an altar. You're like, that's profane. No, a sacrifice has been made. 
something died. Yeah. And here's an altar. How do you bow down at this altar? Do you bow down in thankfulness or you, and an expectation of the communion that you will receive? Or do you bow down in a spirit of knowledge of good and evil, which is give me without the thanksgiving? Mm, right. I deserve it. Um, help, help me understand in this context then, because you can come to the table with a, a, the wrong attitude, the wrong heart, mm-hmm. the way that you just described it. Well, Peter addresses that mm. in the church Corinth, right? right. Yeah. Where he says, some of Paul. you, you have take, yeah, Paul, sorry. Some of you have mm-hmm. taken this meal yeah. and you've gone off and you've, you've eaten alone before everybody else has. And, yeah. and he says, some of you have fallen ill and died. Yeah. What is that all about? Yep. You've gotten drunk on the wine. You were gluttons with the food. And what it was about was a breach of communion. This is always what it gets down to. It's the pair. commodity. It's the commodity because what they were, what he was saying is some of you are hoarding food, which is keeping it from others. Boy, if that doesn't speak to our culture, he says, some of you are taking at the expense of others, which is a breach of communion and the yeah. perichoretic Nate perichoretic. Come on now. Um, the, uh, <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Good day, sir. What did you call me? <laughs> There's the door, Jeff. <laughs> but but the nature of the church is is the reflection of the image of God, mm. right? J- hear me on this, Jason. Yeah. You yeah. alone are not created in the image of God. I'm not created in the image of God. Let us create them. 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 Our, we yeah. mm. we are in the image of God, and we do not reflect the image of God if there is a breach in communion. And this is what was going on. So he says, in this, you're getting sick and you're dying because you're separating yourself from communion with each other where the body of Christ resides, right. which is essentially separating yourself from him yeah. and his life. Ooh. Does well, that make sense? My yeah. Lord. Yeah. Well, okay. apart from me, you can do nothing, and the branch yeah. that it doesn't bear fruit is taken away, and it dies, and it's thrown right. into the fire. So I have just a couple things I want to say real quick. Um, I was going to say, one, with all things, redemption is near. So mm-hmm. we're not just talking about diet, right? Christ wants to redeem every part of us. Look, we have. To, let me just say this concerning sin, because you brought it up earlier, Chris. You said, you know, if I have a porn addiction and I'm crying out to the Lord saying, oh, I just don't want to feel this way. I don't want the guilt. I don't want the shame. Well, then your motivation for uh, for repentance and for forgiveness is so that you feel better. It's selfish, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but... Oh gosh! And, one, and, and right. one might even say that that if it weren't for that feeling, would someone not want exactly right. something to change? Exactly. You, you know, and so sure. it, it all goes exactly. back to your motivations. Are mm-hmm. we motivated by yeah. self? Or are we motivated by honoring right. God? Right. Yeah. So what I was going to say is, you know, here's the thing: God just doesn't want to deal with one sin in your life. He's going to deal with all sin in your life. Mm-hmm. And I believe the Lord takes a holistic approach towards sanctification, mm-hmm. right? So he's going to look at you and he's going to look at all the areas in your life where there's sin manifesting. And he's going to say, look, it, it's almost like you're playing the game of whack-a-mole, right? So this sin pops up and you whack it. Well, yeah. the Lord comes with one big mallet and he knocks all the moles on the head at the same time. And that's how he wants to deal with things. And so in my life, and I'll just get I'll just go ahead and get a little bit <laughs> honest here, I suppose. Um, so yeah, I've been on a diet for, uh, since January and I got off of sugar and and wheat and gluten and soy. And so I'm basically doing a keto diet. And, uh, anyways, I've lost 
quite a bit of, of weight, but something that I've also noticed, and I've heard other people talking about this is that, uh, the propensity towards addiction and towards lust and like porn and that kind of stuff goes away when people start to get their diet under control. Mm -hmm. And specifically in studies where the keto diet is a thing that has been a thing. And I've experienced it. I'm like, wow, that's kind of crazy. Like the cravings kind of go away. Well, it, it's interesting that somehow my diet had an effect on my mind, right? But it's also spiritual, but it's also physical. But it's a, it's a self control, man. It's self control. You're, ex you're exercising self control, and I had also thought about this for a while, man. It's like, dude, I believe wholeheartedly that fasting, although it is a spiritual discipline, mm -hmm. I believe that the exercising of control over your body yeah. translates. Mm -hmm to being able to exercise your control over temptation. Not your control as in I have control over temptation, but you do have a choice. Well, there's there's also physiological exactly. ramifications, not ramifications, but benefits, physiological benefits and as well as- psychological benefits as well. Right. Well, if you we know? if we look at the tripart man, body, soul, spirit, and we well, look at body, we look yeah. at body, and if we look at actually allowing you know, our, our spirit, man, being able to influence by the Holy Spirit, being right. able to exercise, uh, exercise authority over, over the, body, the body, there's some good things that are going to happen. When Absolutely. normally these the two other parts of man, normally we only focus on body and ignore soul right. and spirit. And so when that begins to happen, there's, there's, a, some, there's some good things, things that are going to come into, there's um, an into over, alignment. It's an overdevelopment in certain areas of that mind, body, spirit. You know, you sure. can overdevelop in, in areas like that. You know, just like right, what right. you're saying, you can focus so much on the spiritual or focus so much on my mind or focus so much on my body. Mm -hmm. But the, the, the true discipline is in the balance of all three right. of them. All right, things. Right. All we right. are made. Yep. We are made unified wholes. Yes, mm -hmm. not parts. And and so what I wanted to touch a little bit on redemption because Pastor yes. Jeff said Pastor Jeff redemption. said something this that was profound this last weekend, which was that we're, it's not just just humans that are being redeemed. It is all of creation right. is going to be redeemed. Right? He says through us. Uh, through us, through correct. Us. Yeah. It says for all for all of creation groans for the the, the revelation of, of the, the sons, sons of, of God. God. Because that redemptive process, man, like and I and I believe that 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 like what we were talking about with with the respect and and you know not desecrating. I, I believe that that's a redemptive process. That respect and that and that acknowledgement of knowing the backstory of everything that you talk that like what you were talking about, like wh where it comes from, you know, yeah. and and not just like we, we keep saying the word commodity and consuming, but we've become so. I mean, geez, dude, like just like he was saying, you come back here and like when I went over to India, dude. <laughs> You'd be you'd be pretty hard pressed to find an overweight person right. over there. I'm telling you, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not for lack. It's just, or or you go. I mean, even to Colorado. If you go to Colorado, it's you'll be hard pressed to find an overweight person because everybody out there is all about the outdoors, everything like that. You know what I mean? But we have become so, gosh, just overtaken in, in, yeah. in a way, mm -hmm. man. And it's hard to get out of that, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and I, and I, I realized in my life how hard it is. Like once you've begun on a certain path, or even with diet, you know, we'll just, we'll right. just keep it on topic. But man, like those first few days where you're like, dude, you know, where you, you want to change things, man, those few, first few days, man, you're like, dude, you're fighting it's hard. It, you're fighting man, addiction, man. You're, exactly. And you're, it's hard to get out of that slump that you put yourself into, man. And I just yeah. believe we've become so lazy and, mm -hmm. you know, lethargic 
Well, just self-satisfying, right? I mean, yeah. Because par- I, partly, partly because of our lack of action, but but we've also become lethargic. You know, when you eat a lot of food, man, you just get like tired, man. That turkey, that yeah. turkey from there right. got me tired. Trip to fan. You and just then, literally and live in that perpetually. You and know? then you're waiting until you, there's just enough room where you can eat, cramp more. just a little, a little bit, bit more. more. Mm, amen. Um, and 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 this is I. I I want to give a book recommendation, and okay, I know I've sure. talked about Warren Wiersba's um, Food and Faith. How do you spell his last name? Uh, W-I-R-Z-B-A. And you can Google him, and he gives great talks. Um, and um, it, I, th- I think he's out of Duke. But, um, but another one, based on what you were talking about just now, Casey, is uh, one by the name, uh, the author is James Long. I believe it's James K. Long. Uh-huh. Um, and it's it's called you are what you love. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> um, and it deals exactly with what you're talking about and this concept of forming habits as as a demonstration and it's and how hard it is and but but this is an evidence of what it, what you love and what you love is who you are. Hmm. Um, you look like what you love. Right. If you love crack, we you, tell you. You look, you like, look like crack. You, you look, look like, like you love crack. Well, you know isn't I mean? it isn't it interesting? I think Paul meant this as a bit. I think Paul meant this as a bit of a jab. Um, if you're struggling with crack, I'm sorry, I'm not being insensitive. I'm just saying. <laughs> but well, you look like crack. But but isn't it funny? Paul Paul makes a comment about how your food or your belly is your god. Right. And you look around America and you go, my, our God is very big. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, You are what you love. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you just, Mm. you know, and, and so I, I'm always reluctant to give out book recommendations because I don't want people to hear me saying I'm book heavy when I'm not Bible heavy. Mm -hmm. Um, These are biblical principles and I'm Bible heavy also. Yeah. Right. Um, So, yeah, no, that's good. I, I, I wanted to go back to, what I was saying, because Casey, you hit on it too. And I was just saying with all things, redemption is near, right? So the Lord is going to redeem all things. He's going to sanctify every part of our life. And I don't know that many people really get to the point to where they say, you know, it's like, oh, I'm trying to deal with the porn addiction. I'm trying to not yell at my wife. I'm trying to not do this, not do that. When is somebody ever saying, you know, I really wish the Lord would redeem my relationship with food. Mm -hmm. Like who prays that with agony? Mm-hmm. Right. God, help me with this addiction. Oh my gosh. God, I don't want to do, I hate this sin. I hate this sin. When are people saying, help me with this food situation? Because it's, because it's easy. It's easy to look at people who are addicted to drugs or alcohol. It's easy to look at that and say, you know what? Shame on you. You know what I mean? When the fact that it's, you know, you're addicted, but what if, are you addicted but to? But if we you know said that, mean? but if we said that it would, it would ruin an industry. Quick trip would be out of business. Casey's would be gone. Um, you know, uh, all of these things. The, all of the middle aisles in the, the grocery stores would be gone. The it's the same, it's the same thing gone. with a lot of religious yeah. systems, though. Yeah. You upset that right. with, with the name of Jesus, and all of a sudden, every establishment yeah. is upturned. Why do you think they fight it all the time? You know what I mean? What What if, and I mean, I, this is going to sound like a Jesus joke on you. I'm sorry. But what if, like, what if we got to a point to where when someone's like, man, you're looking good. Like, have you been changing things up? And you're like, yeah, man, I've been honoring God. Like, that was the first thing that, like, right, right. came out of our yeah, mouths. Just been really of, trying to honor the Lord with really my diet. just been honoring but God. But for real, though, so I just yeah. want to say this real quick. Um, so my wife and I, we've made dietary changes together. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just a, that was seriously an answered prayer and the Lord just doing what he does. Um, and it's interesting that 
my relationship with my wife would strengthen when our relationship with food changed. <laughs> yeah. Right. And yeah, so now so. what yep. we're, what we do is we cook more at home together, yes. which in turn puts us at the table together right. more. Her, uh, her dad is also trying to do some dietary stuff. And so we just told him like, Hey, we're going to be cooking these low carb meals, you know, different nights throughout the week when we're home. If we're already cooking, why aren't you just coming over and eating with us? And mm-hmm. so he's been over a couple times a week. It's built relationships. So, so we've That's got dope, man. right. So we've got me, my wife, my uh, my father in law, my my daughter, and Henry, right, my son. So now we're all getting together and eating. Uh, the other night, Sunday night, we invited uh, Pocky, who lives actually lives in our backyard, <laughs> um, in the prayer shack. That's where I but, used to live. <laughs> but he came over to eat, and we said we ought to just do this every All Sunday night. Dude, we're going to yeah. cook anyway. Right. Just come up. And so now that we're cooking at home more, we're inviting people over more to eat. What's and it's just amazing how redeeming the table. Redeeming the table. What's interesting is that sacrifice in the Hebrew, I think, means something prepared, right? <laughs> Um, yes, uh, to some extent. It, there, I mean, there's multiple meanings, but one so of them is, meetings, is, yeah. is something prepared. And yeah. what you're doing yeah. right there, just like what you were saying, like we've, we've lost the, the preparation of it. We just eat right. it without even right. thinking about it. But like even the preparation of the meal, just like you it's, were talking about including somebody in the preparation the of the communion right. bread, gives somebody, yeah. it, it creates a cohesiveness, right. man. Even in that, those, that small of a stuff, like what you, like you, what you were saying, like when's the last time you ever thought, well, I just want the Lord to redeem, you know, my relationship right. with food, but like even in that right there, it's a beautiful thing, man. Well, me and my wife and I, we're cooking together, but that's time together that you're preparing right. Right. for. Right. You're preparing the sacrifice for the table, right? Right, dude, that's dope. It's well, well, a busy, well, I, and I and I kind of feel like this goes back to a, to habits, but there's almost this domino effect that if you let's say you swing by and and you pick up something on the way home, and then you're in a hurry to get home, and then you get home and you eat, and then it's almost like it starts this right. cycle yeah. of of dominoes that continue to top over with how the rest of your evening is going to go as opposed to going home, cooking, you know, taking that time and spending it with your family. It's like when you knock over the right domino, it's it's, it's sourcing from right. the right tree again. Here we go with the two trees. Am I going to eat from this tree or am I going to eat from this tree? Yeah. And and really posture and how we posture ourselves. And and the time. It's a sac- it begins with a sacrifice of time. It it is a sacrifice of togetherness. Um so I'm no longer allowed to be an individual and isolated and alone. Um, and it, it uh, culminates in the sharing of a sacrifice of something that died for you. See, it's, it's always sacrifice. And I encourage people even to push that sacrifice further. I, not everyone can grow enough of their own food to sustain right. the family. Right. But grow something mm-hmm. so that next time you go to the grocery store... You understand. You will have a better appreciation for that tomato. Or that oh, cat. for sure. I, you know, I just had a friend of mine uh, on Facebook, Keith Russo. I'm think think you guys know him, but he planted a pineapple head two years. Yeah, two, and he he picked it, and he had this pineapple. <laughs> Was that two yeah. years? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then we just go and pick up a pineapple. Uh, we're guilty right. of literally right. letting a pineapple rot. And not eating yeah. it because it, you know it went past. <laughs> yeah. But to go back to your point, we can start with herbs, right? Cilantro, basil, all, all those things, and you'll appreciate yeah. it more. And and something else that's tangible is eat it in season. Yeah, right. um, I I know you hear that a lot on TV, but understand you're also hearing an industry. We have a diet industry that isn't it amazing? The turn of the new year. 
we talk about diets, then by Super, Soul, Super Bowl Sunday, we're talking about hot wings. Mm -hmm. um, and so the diet industry feeds the, um, the food industry, which feeds the diet right, industry, right. which feeds, and it's just, it's a cycle. Oh, it's crazy. Um, and so, um, so yeah, there, there, there is, there's more practicality to this. If, if you grow something, you understand it from the beginning to the end, you appreciate it more. You're not going to let it rot. You're, and eating it in season our bodies are designed for that. Right. Isn't Dang, it son. Isn't it amazing that mm -hmm. we sell smoked meats in the middle of winter? Why is that? Well, it's because that's how we preserved meats. Right. To yeah. get us through the winter. Yeah. So when do they put them on the big displays? Well, in fall and winter. Yeah. And so that's when we eat. But then we'll spend as much time going and buying the tomatoes that were made that were made red on their ride here from Mexico. Yeah. You know. And our bodies understand that. And right now we live in a culture that we can get anything in any season. Right. And I'd challenge you to our body. We were designed in a, with a biological clock. I challenge you even in your food to eat your eat biological clock. Right. Dang. Yeah. So, so Matt Brown on Facebook says redeeming the table brings back the intimacy designed for our relationships. Mm. That's yeah. my dude, Matt Brown. Yeah. Matt White. <laughs> I was gonna say I have a I have a real quick story about about food and oh, like so color. now you want to add stories and support stories and bringing up random things. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, Go now you want to yeah, now you want to support smoking uh, meat when he was yeah. just talking about it at the beginning gotcha. of the podcast. Wow, now, message received for, for for this segment of the podcast. Jason would like to tell a story. Is that okay with everybody? With this segment called hypocrisy. <laughs> <laughs> Burn up, pip down. So. Um, recently, so here's one of those things I was asking the Lord, you know, show me some things about diet. What do I need to be doing? And he showed me specifically when I eat at home in the evenings, I need to be having fish and vegetables. And so I've been, so almost, you know, a couple times a week, not every single night, but I need to integrate fish and vegetables into my diet more. Um, and so I've been buying this salmon from Aldi that's already pre-seasoned. It's super delicious, but it's, um, it is wild caught Atlantic salmon, which is different than farm raised salmon. So let me tell you about farm raised salmon. They farm raised salmon yeah. in lakes that are overcrowded and essentially polluted with their own feces and whatever. Um, so Oopie. it's not really fresh water. Um, and they feed the salmon grain pellets. And so they are under, they're malnourished. They will also eat one another when they die. Like yes. They will, so they'll eat the carcasses right. of whatever fish are dying. And as so well. because their meat is so mal it makes them taste more fishy. <laughs> not, not only that, but when they when when, when a disease when a, when a pathogen is introduced to one salmon, oh, then gosh. they're they're so they're in such close proximity to each other that it just like almost decimates the entire yeah. population. So here, so here's why it's so disgusting: is that their meat, which is naturally pink, is white because right. they're malnourished. So then they dye the salmon right. pink. I learned this years ago. I went to Sam's. I used to buy the big, massive pieces of salmon because it was cheaper at Sam's. Sam, salmon at salmon. Salmon at Sam's. Sam, 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 Sam salmon. salmon. <laughs> Sam salmon. And uh, on the package, it says down at the bottom, dyed pink. And I was like, never again. So I only eat wild-caught Atlantic salmon or wild-caught salmon. I won't eat. But anyways, um, just interesting yeah. that, again, you were talking about we don't know where food's coming from. What are they doing to like make it good and that kind of stuff? Just being aware of that, obviously, is right, right. Yeah, is, is a big deal. Because, you know, knowledge is, you know, 
Now you know, and knowing knowledge is, half is the, power. Knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe. And the other half is violence. <laughs> oh my gosh. I like gosh. that. It's it's very, the truth. That's very American of you. Man, yeah, dude. So I'll, I'll I'll just end with if you guys want to <laughs> cue up an encouragement for our listeners, I think we're kind of winding down here, but yeah. I just want to encourage people, man, seriously, go to the Lord and and ask him how he can redeem your relationship with food because you would be amazed not only what he'll do to, you know, show you root out some sin in your life, maybe show you some addiction, some addiction, but there's going to be things in your life that are going to shift when, if he, you know, helps you shift diet, but not only with like feeling better physically, that kind of thing, but also again, redeeming the table. Like how is he going to redeem that time you with your meal? Because I can, I can sit down for a meal by myself and I can still bow my head and thank the Lord in that moment. Right. Or I can do it with other people. Um, There's a book that I listened to called, uh, five habits of highly missional people. Mm. And, uh, anyways, one of the habits was eating with eating with somebody three times a week. Nice. So roughly if we eat three meals a day over the course of a week, that's 21 meals. Surely we could spend three of those meals with somebody who is an acquaintance or a friend or somebody we don't know and redeem that time to also be missional. Right. Yep. So that's my encouragement. I, I think for me, um, it's funny because as I'm sitting here, my wife has been texting me and saying she can't get the kids to bed and she's frustrated about that. And I'm thinking, I told those dang kids if when I leave, like they need to listen to their mom, <laughs> they need to go to bed when she says to go to bed, and I'm going to go home and I'm going to spank them. Like, I, that's, and then I'm stopping and I'm already going. And, and as I'm stopping, I'm getting checked and going, well, Chris, you're addressing the fruit and not the root. Mm-hmm. You're addressing what they're doing and, 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 and and my son and daughter, there's I mean they're two and they're two and four, about to be three and five. I can sit down and have a conversation with them and address the root issues that are going on with what they're doing. And I guarantee you it will be better received than if I were to go in guns blazing trying to attack right. the fruit. So my advice and encouragement would be to you, with whatever has been on your mind during this conversation about redeeming food and the table and all that stuff, go to God and ask him to to expose the roots of your yes. heart that are currently malnourished, mm-hmm. damaged, cut. Ch- I mean, whatever that stuff is, just go to God and seek him. He, he can see those root systems and he can address those things with us. And I think that if we begin to focus on those roots instead of just the things that are going on above the surface, there's some, there's some good stuff that's going to take place in our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I hope that this podcast has blessed some people, you know, and I knew that I knew that it was important to talk about, and uh, I just want you guys to not hear any form of law or right, like we were right, saying, like right. you know, like you know how the Pharisees are saying you can't eat this, can't eat that. That's not what we're saying, and we just wanted to provide some some fundamental, you know, just just something to think about as you consider moving on into deeper parts of your relationship with God. As we do offer, and it says honor Him with everything that you do. And, uh, you know, eating and dieting is a discipline. And, um, like I really enjoyed what, you know, Jason and, 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 uh, Jeff and Chris were talking about, which is, which is, you know, ask God, he'll show you, Mm -hmm. you know, and don't, and I'm guilty of this recently. I was like, man, I'm asking all these people, Hey man, like, what should I do for diet and what should I do for workout and stuff like that? So that I can get my body primed up for competition next year. You know what I mean? Cause I want to go in there and I want to get a world title, dude. I want to go ham. That's, that's it. I want a world hard t- as a I want a world title, you know? And, but I never even once thought to sit, to get down on my knees and be like, you know what, God, I want a world title, but like, it's like, well, how am I going to honor God with that? Like, 
I never even thought to ask him, God, how, how do you want me mm. to to eat? And how right. because I believe that doing and, and I mean after hearing this, I, I think that if I would have done it without not hearing this podcast, if I would have went back and started dieting the way that I wanted to do and the way that everybody else told me to do it, I don't believe that there's power in that. Right. I believe that there's power in saying, God, I want to honor you with my body, you know, and I want to honor. And so hopefully someday I'll honor you with the world title. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, bring it on home. But, Lord Jesus, if oh, you want to give me 20,000 I mean, Instagram right, followers sweet, too. God, God, if you'll just get me out of jail. Lord, drop if you will just case. give me that platform. <laughs> I know, I Heavenly know. Heavenly Father. But th- this is what we were talking about. Father God, thank you so much, Father God, for this world title. Father, <laughs> Father God, God. Father God, we just really, Father God, want to, you know, I thank you. Father God. But, no, honestly, honestly, um, coming back to that, like, I never once, I, I didn't even consider it, and I'm being convicted, you know what I mean? Like, God, how do you want me to live? Mm-hmm. How do you want me to eat? How do you want this to honor you? How do you, so that I look like you, and I look like Christ, which it, in turn, when I look like Christ, that means that I look like you. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. Because Christ is the perfect image of the Father, and if I look like Christ, then I look like God. So. Mm, CrossFit, and, baby. And when you look like when you look like Christ, you look like God to a dying world. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And in that image, you know, the, the love of the Father. So, um, yeah, I, I just encourage you to, you know, go whole ham on it, man. Don't don't. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna encourage I'm organic gonna, I'm gonna go, free range. Yeah, that's that free range. Fed, yeah, grass fed, yeah, all that stuff. But I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm going to seriously seek the Lord and be like, you know what? How do you Boom. want me to do this? Yes, you know what I mean. Always, and, always yeah. wanting to point people to Jesus. I just mean, go talk to talk to Him. Why do we even podcast? Right. We should just literally get on here know, every so single episode. Talk to like, Jesus. You know what? Just go. Well, it was like yeah. talk to Jesus. No, never mind. What? Don't. Yeah. yeah, I know what you were going to say. No, yeah. don't, Chris. Yeah, yeah anyways. <laughs> Jeff, were you done? Are you tapped? Yeah, I'm good. I would just say the difference. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. It's all about Hear the difference between conviction and guilt. Do not mm. come to the table with guilt. Come to the table with conviction. Right. Conviction nurtures life. Guilt destroys. Nice. And redeem, redeem the table. If you redeem the table, you will redeem relationships in your life. Um, Amen. Guaranteed. And so um, understand that and, um, and be the body of Christ to the world, broken and spilled out. Can, can you tell me that quote again? Conviction what? I don't know, man. I mean, this we'll is the Spirit have... speaking through. Why don't you go ask God? Go ask God what he said. Yeah, oh, no, my... Conviction is from God. Guilt is not. Right, um, right, conviction right. nurtures life. Guilt nurtures destroys life. it. Guilt yeah. destroys right. life. Yeah, I think I might use that for, to... Uh, to market our claim, podcast episode, claim it as your own and name it, claim it. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Blab it and grab it. Well, but, <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys already know what's up. Saltydogspodcast.com. Shoot SDP. us a message. Hit us up on Facebook. Join the Facebook group. Check out our Patreon account. Do all that fun stuff. Hey, we, and I just can I say thank you to the people that yes. send us emails. Thank you to the people that send us emails yeah. and tell us how this is affecting you. Seriously, those things really help. I know they help Casey and me and Jason just really realize that what we're doing matters and that there are people who are having life spoken into them based on the conversations that we're having. So, yeah, man, continue to send those. We read them. Um, they they, we they do. mean a lot I mean, to they us. Go, they go literally straight to our inbox and I read them every, yep, every single yep. time you guys pop them. And then we'll read them. We'll, we'll read them during the past assault segment. So, we can salt the ham. Mm. Salt the whole ham. As we go ham. Organic. In the land of ham. The That's whole ham. Free nothing range. but the ham. <laughs> Not All the ham. The pork loins. The whole ham and nothing ham. but the ham. Pork butt. So help us God. Ham a lamb. 
Hammer Lane Ding Dong. Shalane and I. Bye. <laughs> oh, I thought you cut it <laughs> He's off. He's literally <laughs> cut the stream off super quick. Okay. <laughs>